we're starting, starting, uh, not starting, we're second week into this empowered series. And I believe the Holy Spirit empowers us in a whole bunch of different ways. And today we're going to talk about your plans and, and I'll be confident of your plans. This is not going to be a three-step how to get through, how to get your way sermon. It might be a three-step how to get out of the way sermon, but I'm thankful that God lets me make plans, but then he directs my steps. Amen. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to read from Acts chapter 15. And by the way, at uh, this afternoon, join a connect group. We're excited about that. Uh, new series coming up after Mother's Day in May. So we're excited about connect groups and signing up and all that stuff. You can see this on the screen. They still make paper Bibles. They still, you can get it on your phone. You can go to the Bible app and you can click on events and you can get all, you can pick Hope Community Church here and you can get uh, the notes and the Bible references there on your phone as well. So Acts chapter, we're going to read a little bit from Acts chapter 15. Then we're going to read a little bit from Acts chapter 16. Say amen if you're ready. Can I just let you know, I let the first service know. I got paper notes today. I have an iPad 2, second generation iPad. I'm like a holdout. We've had those things, what, seven, eight years? Yeah. And all I do is preach from it. It's my notes. I, I, I type my notes in, in Evernote, and then I bring it in my iPad just automatically. Man, that thing, that thing went to be with the Lord this morning. That thing went to be with the Lord this morning. And I'm like, ah, I'm, Lord, I'm glad you still make printers. Who would have ever known I'd have been thankful for a printer. But here we go. Moral of that story is you better have a backup plan. Because you never know when the Holy Spirit's going to take your first one out. Acts chapter 15, verse 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and not gone with them to the, with the work. And there was a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Now we're going to skip down to Acts chapter 16, verse 6. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. We pray, God, that every plan of ours would be submitted to you today. And Lord, that we have the faith and trust in you to know that your plan is perfect. 
and that you're guiding our steps. You're, you're lighting the way. And that wherever we currently are in your plan, you're responsible for the destination. You said you were able to keep us. So we trust you with that, Lord. No matter what it looks like today, we trust you with our future. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. You may be seated. Holy Spirit helps guide our steps, empowers us to follow the will of God. I know a lot of people struggle with the will of God, trying to figure out, well, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I hope, I, I don't think it's that complicated, to be honest with you. I just don't think it's that complicated. And we as humans tend to overcomplicate everything. And so today we're going to talk about plans and how God works out his will and our plans and all those type of things. But I, I like to give you a little background. I, I like, I read books on how to be a better preacher. And so, um, how to better communicate God's word to people. And, and I've been reading a book lately that talked about making sure, uh, the context of the scripture you just read. And so, so if you've been coming here in length of time, that's a purposeful thing that we do at the beginning to say, Hey, listen, this is, this is, this is when it was, when it was written. This is geographically what's happening and who, and Paul and blah, 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 blah. So if you get irritated with the little history lessons at the beginning, I'm sorry. But for those of you who love it, um, we win. So before this, before we read about Paul and Barnabas trying to schedule another missions trip, by the way, this wasn't a short-term missions trip. This one lasted about 40 months. Before that happens, there was a, a council meeting in Jerusalem. And you heard me talk the last couple of weeks about how, how Christianity was brand new and they're kind of trying to feel their way through what the requirements were going to be to be a part of. Now, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. It was, he, was a, he established that he was the last sacrifice for our sin. When he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. That meant no more sacrifice. I'm it. I was the sacrificial lamb for everybody's sin. So, so the penalty for your sin and my sin was put on Jesus as far into the future as man will exist. The problem was with the Jewish culture, that's not where they had come from. We talked about that last week. Thousands of years of being, of, 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 of living under the law and the law was made designed to point out that we are, we are incapable of keeping it. And so the law points us to Jesus, the one who fulfilled it. So it doesn't mean the law is bad. Just because Jesus here doesn't mean that you get to do whatever you want. It's still like, Thou shalt not commit adultery is still kind of a good thing to live by. Amen? Thou shalt not lie is still something you should teach your kids. Thou shalt not steal. It's a good idea to have neighbors that believe in that. So Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He didn't say, he didn't come to say it wasn't a good idea. He came to fulfill it. He said, in all of your capacity, you will never be able to keep this. So I'm taking the penalty for you. That's good news. That is the good news. Well, the Jewish culture is still trying to figure out how to weed through this because there were certain specific things they had to do in order to be accepted. 
And so last week we talked about the right of circumcision and all that stuff was coming up. So Paul and the apostles and the elders were gathering together in Jerusalem to try to, to try to have a conversation about like, what are, what are we going to do with people that aren't Jews who are coming to Christ? So you have people outside of Jewish culture coming to Christ, which by the way, at the beginning of the book of Acts, they're like, whoa, we didn't even know this was possible. Peter goes to Cornelius' house. The Holy Spirit falls on Cornelius, who's, who's not Jewish. And all of a sudden, their whole plan gets thrown out the window. They literally thought Jesus came to the Jews because he was Jewish. And then when Cornelius and his whole household is filled with the Holy Spirit, they're like, oh, I think there's a change of plans here. So now they're trying to flesh out. Okay, if you're Jewish, it's one thing to come to Christ. But if you're a Gentile, if you're like us, amen, then are we going to require the Gentiles to do everything culturally the Jews have been doing? And so they come together in Jerusalem and they're having this kind of, kind of convergence of the minds. How are we going to figure this out? And so they, they come to a conclusion. We're not going to make Gentiles act like Jews in order to be saved by Jesus. That was the end of the story. We're not going to make people outside of the culture of Judaism... Gentiles, people that weren't Jews, we're not going to make them follow all of the, not the Ten Commandment laws, but all the extra things. Not going to make them necessarily do everything. So, we're going to make it simple. So they write a letter. Paul and Barnabas have to take that letter. They take it back to Antioch, the church that, if, if, if you know anything about that before... That's where Barnabas even goes and finds Paul and they, and they, and they're preaching in the church of Antioch for a year and it's blowing up. They're sent off from their first missionary journey from the, it's, it's like a great church. So Paul and Barnabas bring back this clarifying letter to the church and they read it to them and they're excited. They're like, finally, we get some clarification on this issue. So the Bible says that Paul and Barnabas stay there for a while and they keep teaching. Wouldn't you? like a great church. And then Paul starts to feel that little tug in his stomach. Kind of when I watched that guy this morning, like it's been too long since I've been back to Kenya. Paul starts to feel that little tug of the Holy spirit going Barnabas, man, we should go visit the churches that we started. We should go encourage them. We've got this clarification. We've got this, we, we got Man, we're, we're pretty confident the Holy Spirit is guiding us and, and, and it's being successful here in Antioch. We should go visit those churches again and make the loop and, 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 and see what's going on. You can imagine Barnabas going, man, that's a good idea. I'm going to go grab John Mark. And Paul says, oh, no, you ain't either. You're not bringing that kid. He was a disaster the last time we got together. The Bible's not real clear why John Mark took off. In their first missionary trip, somewhere along the way, John Mark decides, he's young, decides maybe it's too dangerous, maybe he got sick. I don't know. The Bible's not really 100% clear why he took off. He just took off. Paul didn't forget that. Paul's a little A-type personality. If you're not going to stay in it through the whole thing, I don't need you the next time. So him and Barnabas have a real disagreement. Now, this isn't one of those little Christian disagreements. Where we're like, I still love you. You know, you're, you're still great. This is a real disagreement to the point that they were going to go different places. Okay, listen. 
If you insist on taking him, you're going to have to go your own way. I'll pick up Silas and, and, we, and we'll go our way. And you could take, you could take John Mark with you and, and you go your way. And that's what happened. There's not a lot of biblical narrative about who was right, who was wrong. There's not a lot of, there's just, they disagreed to the point where they couldn't walk together at that time. Now, thanks be to God. The, the Bible does record later on in Paul's life that that there's been some reconciliation between him and John Mark and he actually calls for him later in his life. So there's this disagreement. So what happens is Barnabas and, and John Mark go to Cyprus, a little island. They go to Cyprus. Paul and Silas start this kind of, it kind of starts going like this. Now we're talking about modern day Turkey. So So Paul gets the idea, I want to go down into Asia to the bottom of Turkey. And and he's got the idea, I want to visit, like there's a great church there in Ephesus. There's there's places where he wants to go and see. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit keeps him from doing it. Now, I don't know what that looks like. But the Bible says that he's not able to go down. So So imagine on a map, I should go like this because it's from this side to this side. Imagine on a map, they start over here in Antioch and they start going... And he wants to go down like this, but the Holy Spirit won't let him do it. So he goes, starts going up like this into Galatia, into that Roman province. We talked, we read from there last week and he decides, well, if I can't go down, I'll go up and he wants to go into Bithynia. So he gets ready to go up and the Holy Spirit stops him again. Now at that point, I've been like, what? Can't go down. Can't go up. What do you want me to do? So he can't go down into Asia. He can't go up into Bithynia. But he doesn't stop. Luke records that him and Silas go on over to the coast of the agency into Troas, which is a coastal city. They go to the coast and Paul has a vision of a guy on the other side, a Macedonian man saying, come to us. We need your help. Come to us. Come to us. Now, you, you may say, oh, that's a neat little Bible story. What's it even matter? I mean, he didn't get to go here. He didn't get to go there. They had a little disagreement, whatever. And then he ends up in this other town and he has a vision because he probably ate too much garlic. And then he went over and he ends up going over into Macedonia. Here's the thing. Because Paul didn't go south and he didn't go north, but he went to Troas and had a vision, him him and Silas sail across into Macedonia and that's how the gospel gets to Europe. That's how the gospel gets to the West. That's how the gospel ends up getting to us. That's how, that's how the, that's how Europe is evangelized because Paul has a vision and sails across. Hmm. That's pretty significant when you think. If he'd have went down to Asia, now, now I told you it was 40 months. He ends up swinging all the way back around. He ends up making it to Ephesus and ends up making it everywhere he wants to go. Sometimes, I don't know, sometimes our plans don't really work out the way we thought they would. Now, some people would take that and they would say, well, there's no point to plan. God's going to lead my steps every day. I'll just pray in the morning and then he'll tell me what to do for the day. Uh, can I just be, I don't know, no, honestly, that's stupid. Um, that's just stupid. God expects you to plan. Amen. 
He expects you to plan. He doesn't expect you to wake up every morning and say, Lord, I didn't plan anything today. I'm just waiting on you to tell me what to do. Tell me what kind of socks to put on. Tell me what shoes to wear. I'm going to sit in front of my closet until I'm inspired by the Holy Spirit. Tell me what to wear. I told first service, I got Oreo socks on there and the spirit of God didn't tell me nothing this morning. That ain't godly. That's just, that's calories. It's good to have a plan. Paul and Barnabas started out with a good plan. We're going to go back and encourage the churches. That's a good godly plan. Amen. Proverbs 21, five says the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. He says, listen, if you don't have a plan, you've, you've probably heard it said, if you don't plan, you're planning to fail. It's good to have a plan. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. Jesus himself taught us in Luke chapter 14, verse 28. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? I mean, we're being taught, if you're going to build a house, make a plan. If you're going to get into something, have a plan for it. Because you don't want to get to the end of it and figure out you don't have enough money. You don't want to get to the end and figure out you didn't anticipate what was going to happen. So listen, Paul and Barnabas are just coming off an exciting thing that had happened. They got some clarification about the gospel and how it was going to go forward. And they go back to Antioch and they're teaching and they're having this, this great results. And Paul looks at Barnabas and says, hey man, let's go encourage the churches that we started. That's a good idea. That's a good plan. How many of you ever started out with good plans? You, 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 you were in the scripture and you're like, man, you know what? Just, this is a good plan. It's godly. I got the right motives. I got the right motivations. My wife cleared it. It's, it's, I got around people that are godly and they were all like, yeah, that's the thing. You should do that. That sounds like a good idea. And then, then the thing happens. Anybody ever heard of the law of unintended consequences? Oh, don't you hate those? I heard a guy say one time, it's not the things that you know you don't know. It's the things that you don't know you don't know. The things I know that I don't know, I can go get a book and figure those out. But if I don't even know I don't know them, if I don't even know I don't know. So let, let me give you a little insight. When you make plans, there's automatically things that you don't know you don't know. You, it's just baked into the cake because we're finite in our thinking. We're, we only know what we know currently. And even if you surround yourself with people who say they know everything, even if you surround yourself with good godly people, the fact of the matter is, is they don't even know what they don't know. Nobody knows that. And so at the best effort, you're always going to have unintended consequences. Always going to have unintended consequences. So what do Paul and Barnabas do? So do you think Paul for a second went to Barnabas and went, Hey, we need to go. This thing is, God has just got his hand all over what we're doing. It would be great for us to go back and visit the churches and encourage them. You know, I got that, man. I want to get back to Ephesus. I want to get back to those places, the people I love. I want to get back and see them. Do you ever think Paul was like, I know he's going to invite John Mark. I don't know that he anticipated that unintended consequence of trying to do something 
that was absolutely godly, 100% approved by God and, and a good deal. And all of a sudden it starts out in conflict. <laughs> the thing starts out in conflict. You ever, you ever had a really good idea and then the first opposite, the first time you mention it, conflict starts. Don't look at the person sitting beside you. The first time you mention it, you've been praying. You even got your Bible out three times this week. And you're like, man, I know this is God. And then you tell the person you live with and they're like, you you ain't taking me. You sign up for that mission trip to Honduras. I am not going. Now, because you're married, you can't say you take one kid and I'll take the other. It started out in conflict. It started out in conflict. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and and departed. It was a conflict. It was was something that that they weren't just going to easily get past. Can Can I tell you this? Just because... Just because there's conflict doesn't mean God's not in it. Difficulty is not always a deterrent. Conflict is not always a deterrent. I know there's some people in here who are conflict averse, and as soon as, as soon as somebody gets side with you, sideways with you, you're like, oh, this must not be God. Oh, it might be God. And they just might be a jerk. Resist the temptation to quit because the plan isn't fun anymore. How many great things started with conflict? Actually, conflict isn't even the problem. The problem is how you're dealing with it. Expect conflict in your life. It's just part of the deal. How, how, many, how many times have you ever woke up in the morning and you, you know, it's like, oh, man, I got my plan for today. I'm going to accomplish X, Y, and Z and all this stuff. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then your first stop was Walmart. Yeah, and then you were like, well, the whole day was shot after that. Why? I joked, I have a friend here that works at the DMV, so I got to be careful this morning. You stand in line at the DMV, and you go in, and you're like, I was at the DMV this morning, and I thought, well, why is the rest of your day ruined? Why is the rest of our day ruined? If one hour out of the beginning of the day has a little bit of conflict, can somebody help me? Amen. Why do we go through the rest of the day then treating everybody else like they were the, they were the source of the conflict. That's crazy to me. So if Paul and Barnabas had to win, well, this must not have been from God because here we are fighting two godly men. We had just decided if the Gentiles were going to need to be circumcised and here you are trying to tell me what we, we, we can't go any. They didn't do that. Okay, we're going to have a disagreement and it's going to be a real disagreement. And, and we're, not, we're, not, we're not able to come to terms right now. So in the name of Jesus, with his approval, you can go here and I'll go here. How many of you know sometimes life has to happen that way? It doesn't mean there's a right or wrong necessarily. It means just because two people can't, just because you sometimes... Sometimes you just need to do ministry somewhere else. Woo. <laughs> Somebody said, I was looking for a reason to leave his church. <laughs> if Paul and Barnabas had have quit because of the initial conflict, the gospel would have taken a lot longer to get to Europe. 
You got to think of the consequences of how we deal with conflict. Is it God's plan? Yeah. Will it have conflict? Absolutely. They crucified Jesus. That's just a little bit of conflict. He says, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So if as Christians, we're walking around thinking this will be a conflict free life, it's not going to happen. And sometimes it's going to be with other Christians. So don't let it ruin your day. Don't let it stop the plans. Amen. Don't let it stop the plans. Difficulty is not always a deterrent. Paul and Barnabas don't cancel the trip. They figure out how to rearrange it. If there's difficulty in plan, be in the plan, be patient with the Holy Spirit. He may just be rearranging things. He may just be rearranging things. Amen. So here's also what I figured out. The spirit guides us with yes and no's. Now, I know this is difficult for Americans because we're used to yeses, aren't we? Just the culture we live in, like we can get anything we want. It doesn't even matter if you can afford it or not. We can get credit cards. We can literally have anything we want. We got Amazon. We can get it the next day. If you want it bad enough, you can get it the next day. Laying on your couch watching Netflix. Just bring it to me. <laughs> I thought the other day those Roman paintings where the, where the guy's laying, on the, laying back on the couch and somebody's feeding him grapes. That's us. Laying on the couch watching Netflix, somebody feeding us whatever we want with a click of a button. We're not used to no. We're not used to no. Matter of fact, if somebody starts telling me no, I start saying, hey, who's your boss? Because it doesn't sound like you can even say yes. So you might be in a position where all you can say is no. I want to talk to the guy that can say yes. But that's our culture. We're used to getting yeses all the time. That's not the kingdom culture. Because because we know a little bit, God knows everything. So it would be irresponsible for God to say yes all the time. Come on. It'd be irresponsible for God to say yes all the time. It would be irresponsible for a parent to say yes all the time to their kids. Trust me, I've seen the results of some of it. It would be absolutely irresponsible for parents just to look at their kids and go, anything you want, baby, you're like a year and a half. So God, in his love for us, guides us with yeses, but then with noes. And just because he says no, doesn't mean he loves you any less, doesn't mean his guidance is any less, doesn't mean his ultimate will for your life is any less than what it was when the yes came. But because of the way we think, you withheld it from me, that means you don't love me anymore. That's the Americanized version. And God's saying, I withheld it from you because I do love you. And any parent in here knows there's some things you withhold from your kids because you love them. Amen? My son started riding the lawnmower when he was eight. And I was all for that because I don't like mowing grass that much anymore. The unintended consequence was that, of that was he wanted to drive my truck when he was 12. <laughs> I see the logic. Trust me, I see the logic. And I thought about it for a second. This bum could drive me around everywhere I want to go. <laughs> the issue is because I loved him, I had to say 
only on the weekends. I had to say no. I said, only when your mom's not around. I don't even know, what are we going to do? Just got to keep quiet. You got to learn how to talk. The spirit guides us with yes or no's. After the conflict, Paul goes on his way and Barnabas goes a different way, but the guidance is far from over. Paul gets shut down twice with good ideas. I'm going to go down into Asia. I'm going to visit Ephesus and some other churches down there. And the spirit says, no, you're not doing that. Then he, he keeps going around and he gets up into the Galatia province and he says, I'm going to go north now and go to into Bithynia and I'm going to preach the gospel up there and encourage her. And the spirit says, no, again, you don't hear. There's no recorded evidence of Paul throwing a temper tantrum and going, well, I'll just sit here until you tell me what to do. Now he says, okay, I can't go here. I can't go there. I'll go where I can go. Do you know, do you know the secret to figuring out the will of God? Go where you can. That's it. It's not mysterious. I tell people all the time, do whatever's in front of you. Plan and then do whatever's in front of you. What's the opportunity you have today to fulfill what God put in you? What is it today to do? The Holy Spirit will let you know that I made the plan, Lord. This is what I'm going to do. But it doesn't seem to be working out the way I wanted it to today, Lord. So I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to do what I can do. So Paul says, I can't go south. I can't go back to Ephesus. I can't go up to Bithynia. So guess what? I'm going to just keep going over to Troas. God hadn't blocked me there. So I'm going to go over to Troas. We'll just figure it out over there. Have a little bit of tea by the, by the sea. You know, get a little nice sunset. We'll figure out what's going on. But he didn't quit. A no didn't mean that it was over. You know what the problem is? Sometimes we only trust God for the beginning. And then as soon as a no comes, we're like, oh man. Oh man, what's he doing now? Proverbs 16, three, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Did you hear the, the prerequisite for your plans being established? Commit them to the Lord. Hey God, I want to go down to Ephesus and see everybody. I'm homesick. I want to, I want to see, I want to see all the great people there. No. Okay, Lord, I'm fine with that. I submitted my plan to you and you didn't approve of that one. Hey, I want to go up to Bithynia. Can I go up there? No. Okay, Lord, I'm still fine with it. I submitted my plans to you. You've established them. Yeah. Proverbs 16, nine, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. The heart of a man plans his way. They didn't say that was bad. That's fine. Plan your way. But then it's the Lord that establishes your steps. It's the Lord that says, Hey, yeah, take a right here. Take a left there. No, no, no. Keep going. Don't stop. It's fine. Many are the plans of a man's way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Paul sets off with good, with a good plan, overcomes a conflict, and then is forbidden to follow through in some of what he thought was right. Allowing the spirit to guide you will always require submission of the plan to his final approval. This is the part that as an A-type personality, I struggle with the most. Lord, if I took the time to figure it out, Do you know how arrogant that sounds? Lord, if I took the time to figure it all out. As if we know more than he does. Lord, I took the time to figure it out. I got every step mapped out. Have you ever done that? Have you ever mapped out every step? And you were like, oh man, this is good. I prayed about it. I read the Bible. I got advice. I planned out every step. 
And then you went and told people how it was going to work out. That's the best part. We're so confident of the plans we make, then we go tell people. That's amazing. And everybody's like, yeah, that's a good plan. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. Yeah, that sounds like it'll work. You're so smart. Me and my wife did that one time. Had all this plan, went to the bank, got money, did this, did that, all this stuff. Weeks later, the whole thing changed. I had told everybody how the thing was going to work. It was perfect. And then God went, that's dumb. (laughs) There's a pivotal moment in your life that happens when you get a couple no's. Can you lean into me for a couple minutes? Paul gets a no to go south, gets a no to go north. There's a pivotal moment in our lives when we've gotten a couple no's that we can do two things. We can lean in or draw back. Now, I don't know that the Bible records Paul having an all-night prayer session here, but I do know he stayed in communion with God because he has a dream about a godly thing. Okay, now listen to me. Last week we talked about the Sunday school lesson about like you have to, st- you have to know what God already said proximity to him is the thing that produces fruit. Proximity, John 15, proximity. I'm the vine, you're the branch. So when you are getting no's, proximity is the, is still the objective. Proximity is still the objective. So, so here's what happens when we start getting no's in relationships, the natural occurrence is for us to like, well, I'm about to distance myself a little bit. They don't understand me. They, they're not for me. They don't know what's going on. I've planned all this. And they just keep saying, no, 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 no. Come on, all of us walked through it when we were teenagers. All my parents don't understand me. I just ain't know everything. They went to a good parenting class. And they said, for the first 16 years, just tell them no. So what we tend to do is when we start hearing the no from God, okay, you nope, nope, that was a good plan to start with, but I'm adjusting a little bit. I'm going to give you a no here. I'm going to give you a no here. It's a little bit frustrating. I understand you don't, now you're not sure what's going to happen anymore because it seemed like the whole thing, like your March Madness brackets have just went out the window the first week. It just seems like the whole thing is dying right in front of me. And so what the tendency for us is to do is to back up, back up. Okay, God, I don't understand you anymore. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Why are you doing this to me? And we start to create distance between ourselves. And this is where the enemy will take hold. Because distance just doesn't make the plan unsure. It will allow sin to come in. And if you want to change a plan, start sinning in the middle of it. Do something real stupid. So, I know Paul leans in because it says he gets to Troas and God gives him a dream of a man in Macedonia. You see, the desire to do God's will didn't change in Paul. He was able to hear the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit empowered him to then go across the agency and minister to Europe. So if you're hearing a bunch of no's right now and it seems like life's not going your way and it seems like all this crazy stuff's happening, Lord, why? I had a good plan. I had a plan for this. I had a plan for that. I had a plan for that. It seems like no, 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 no. That's the sign from the Holy Spirit to lean in. Not distance yourself. Lean into him. Because there is a yes coming. 
There is a yes coming. He has a plan to fulfill in your life. And let me tell you something. His plan will always turn out bigger and better than what you could ever dream or imagine. If, would it have worked if Paul would have went down to Ephesus? Would the church have been encouraged? Absolutely. If he would have went up in Bithynia and preached, would the church have been encouraged and grow? Absolutely. Was that the best thing that he could have been doing? Absolutely not. So Paul had to lean in and submit his plan to God. I'm going to go down here to Troas and I'm going to take a quick break. And I'm going to think about God's plan in my life. And I'm going to submit myself to him. And I'm going to lean into him. And I'm going to hear from the Holy Spirit. And it says he went to sleep and he had a vision of a man in Macedonia saying, Paul, come to us. You got to come to us and help us. You know what I figured out in my life? The band's going to come up here. Some of the best times in my life is when I've got no, 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 no. And then I lean into him and he gives me a big fat yes. And the whole thing ends up turning out better than I could ever dream. The whole thing. So let me, let me kind of bring this down. Maybe, um, maybe you're in a difficult time right now. Maybe you're saying, well, Chris, I've been getting no's because I screwed it up. That's fine. And I had this plan to start out and it, and some of the reasons not working out is because I did it because I just messed the thing up. Maybe you're here today and you're the exact opposite. Maybe, maybe you're, you're saying, I have no idea why this isn't working. Like I've been, I've been going at it as hard as I could following God. I have no idea why it's not working. The same God of all the universe is right in the middle of both those circumstances. If you're going, God, I don't know why this is working. I'm praying. I'm, I'm in your word. I've gotten good. I just don't know why it's working. You can trust him that he's guiding your steps to something you can't imagine. But then if you're in a circumstance where you're like, hey man, I know why it didn't work. I know why I got to know because I blew it. And I, I got this thing hanging over me. That same God that can direct somebody close to him can direct you today too. He can forgive you. The beautiful thing about it is that he can take things. He can take things that were meant for evil. Turn to again. He can make all things work together for good. So that history you have and you're saying, man, I don't know if he can direct my steps anymore. I don't know if it's even possible. He's a specialist at that. That's what he does. And so whether the no has been on your side or his side, he's a specialist at turning that thing into something you could have never dreamed of. So here's Paul on the edge of the sea in Troas going, well, I didn't get to go here. I didn't get to go there. And then all of a sudden, thousands of years later, we're sitting here going, man, I'm glad that he got a couple no's. I'm glad that he got a couple no's and he didn't go there. I'm glad he didn't go there. And I'm glad he came across that little spot. And I'm glad he preached in Macedonia. I'm glad he did all that stuff because I'm sitting in the church right now because the gospel got to us. Amen? And so here's what I want you to know. Stand to your feet. Here's what I want you to know. I told you at the beginning, Paul ended up over 40 months swinging all the way back around visiting all those churches anyway. So
So the fear that you have that you're not going to get to do what God put in your heart to do, just get rid of that because he wants to do all that and more in and through you every time. So if you're in the spot where it's like, no, 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 just go, God, you know what? I'm glad you're saying no right now because I know that's a window for you to do something great in my life and you're directing every step I take and I appreciate that in you and I submit to your will this morning. If you said no yourself, you need to lift your voice this morning. You need to lift your head and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for doubting you and I'm submitting myself to you. I know you can forgive every sin in my life and my future is bright because of your promises and the same God will direct both people all the way to the end. Amen. He who started a good work in you is able to complete it every single step of that journey. And I believe in that this morning. Amen. Come on, lift your voice, lift your praise to him today. He is in control. He is directing your steps.